0: So two states are mentioned in 1 Corinthians 7, the state of the married and the state of the unmarried, which houses virgins, divorcees, widows, and those who are single by choice or single by calling. So today, um, I have a topical sermon for you. I'm not going to necessarily expound upon 1 Corinthians 7, line upon line, verse upon verse as we normally do. I'll do that next week. This is a setup because we're going to spend the next few weeks focusing on the unmarried. And uh, what Paul does in 1 Corinthians 7, as you read it, the lion's share of his words go to those who are unmarried. And so at Strong Tower, we spend a lot of time celebrating those who are married. We celebrate marriage. And uh, some of our unmarried folks said, don't forget about us. And so that's where 1 Corinthians 7 comes in. It has a way of talking to all of us in the various states that we're in, and what Paul is really trying to drive home is that we remain in that state. That not that you can't change states, because somebody said, "I'm ready to get out of the state that I'm in," and I'm not going to ask you what state you're starting in. I'm not even going to ask that. But somebody said, "I want to get out of my state," and Paul is not saying you can't get out of your state. Uh, what he's trying to encourage us is is Don't try to get out of your state to find something in another state that you can only find in God, because if you try to find, as our dear sister Felicia said, uh, with her friend who is looking at a relationship as a person being her everything, you're soon going to be let down, Um, so remain where you are, and learn what God has for you in the state that you're in, and don't move until and unless he tells you to move. And so, Paul encourages us to remain, remain. And so, today, the message is going to be entitled, Single for the Kingdom, Part 1. Single for the Kingdom, Part 1. I heard that, amen. I heard that, yes, Lord. To be single for the kingdom means that a person in the unmarried state is complete in Christ, content with Christ, and called to serve Christ. Oh, that's good right there. That's good enough for a book or something like that. Yeah. To be single in the kingdom means that a person in the unmarried state, you are complete in Christ. You are to be content with Christ, And you are called to serve Christ. But as I look at that definition, it's really the same for people who are in the married state in the kingdom of God. Because those of us who are in the married state, we are complete in Christ. We we are to be content with Christ, and we are called to be servants of Christ. So let's look at this quickly in this topical message. The first thing I want our folks to see is that to be single for the kingdom means you are complete in Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, they say this, for in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Stop and pause. So Paul, the one who writes 1 Corinthians 7, he also wrote the book of Colossians. And he said to that church, and he says to us today, that in Jesus Christ. Dwells all the fullness of the Godhead in bodily form. So Jesus is the word of God made flesh. The Bible says that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. So two separate persons, yet these two are one, and we can't forget the Holy Spirit. These three are one, yet they are distinct. It's the mystery of the Trinity But the Bible goes on to say in John 1.14, the word became flesh. The Bible tells us over in Philippians chapter 2 that Jesus did not hold on to the full prerogatives and expressions of his godness, of his deity. In other words, he emptied himself, and he became a man, a servant, to go ultimately to the cross. That Jesus never stopped being fully God when he was in the flesh. He just voluntarily limited the full expression of his Godness. It's a mystery called the hypostatic union that Jesus was 100% God and 100% man. And in Colossians, it says, You are complete in him, verse 10, who is the head of all principality and power. So if you are in Jesus and Jesus is in you, you are complete. And this word in the greek means to be made full in other words you have met the one who gives us the meaning of life you have met the one that without him we wouldn't have life yet alone have life more abundantly for it's in him not in how much money you make not what kind of car you drive, not what kind of clothes you wear, not what country you live in, and on and on and on. Those things we try to find our sustenance in, our identity in. No, no, no. The Bible says we're complete in him. We don't need anyone else. Why? We're full with him. We don't need anything else. Why? We're full with him. And so therefore, if you are single, you need to recognize that No other person can complete you. Why? Because you are already complete in him. If you go into marriage or any other relationship looking to find completeness in someone else, again, you're going to be let down. But we are complete in him. When I'm working with uh, couples who are about to get married, I have a questionnaire, and I have this question on the questionnaire. It is a trick question. And I ask them, Will this relationship make you complete? And about nine out of 10 of them will fail and say, yes, this relationship will make me complete. <laughs> then I take them to Colossians chapter 9 <laughs> verse, and, and verse 10, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, that the relationship doesn't make you complete. It's just going to complement one who's already complete. Oh, you didn't hear that, so I got to say it again. It's just going to enhance. It's just going to complement one who is already complete. I love my wife, but my wife didn't die for my sins. My wife can't save me from my sins. My wife is not the Messiah. She's helped deliver me from many things, but she's not the deliverer. (laughs) I'm not going to be guilty of idol worship up in here, man. But there was a couple that answered this question correctly. There was a couple that I married yesterday. And in our premarital counseling, again, I have the questionnaire, all these questions. And not only do they have to answer the questions, we have to talk about their answers in the session. Matter of fact, they both have the same questions, and I switch so they can see the other's answer. Uh, And and I tell them, don't discuss the answers with each other while you're filling this stuff out, you know. So, So do it separately, and then when we come together, we'll talk. But Chris Collier and Savannah Morrow, in their premarital counseling, they answered correctly, and they said that they are complete in Christ and that they're not looking to be complete in the other through the marriage that I was able to participate in yesterday. And, uh, man, I got to tell you, they they were beautiful, y'all. We were out in Dixon, Tennessee. And, uh, man, beautiful chapel. And when uh, Savannah walked down that aisle, because Chris didn't see her, and when they opened them doors and that girl came down to my, that aisle and Chris looked at her, Lord have mercy. I, I was about to just give the benediction right there. I mean, boy, 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 boy. And some of the uh, Morrow family is here with us today. They decided to stay over and come worship with us. Y'all wave at the folk. Hey, my people. We had a good time yesterday celebrating marriage. But no one in the family believes that Chris or Savannah is finding completeness in the other. They have found completeness in Jesus Christ. And through that, one whole person plus another whole person wrapped around Jesus, the three-strung cord, creates a healthy marriage. Oh, so if you're single, you are complete in Christ. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 17 but he who is joined to the lord is one spirit with him so are you joined to jesus because i don't care who you joined to in the flesh uh it don't matter tom uh who is it give me some of them handsome fellas out in hollywood i don't care tom cruise denzel i don't care who you gonna marry You can be joined to, give give me some of the sisters. Who's some of the good-looking sisters out here today? Halle Berry. Berry. That's a little old, you know. As Ritz grabs her husband, what do you know about Halle Berry? You can be joined to them, but they don't make you whole. They don't make you complete. The person that is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with him are you born again? Do you know God for yourself? Yes. Is Jesus the Lord of your life? Yes. You got to be married to him. Yes. Ah, so to be single for the kingdom means you're completing Christ. Secondly, to be single for the kingdom means you are content with Christ. Philippians chapter 4, verse 11, Paul, our writer, He says, not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. And in that passage, he's in jail, and yet he has so much joy because he's not allowing his circumstances to dictate to him what his peace and what his mindset should be. Because he even says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7 that those who are uh, enslaved are God's freed people, and those who are free are God's slaves. So, in other words, no matter what circumstance you find yourself in, slave or free, you belong to Jesus. And so, this man behind bars has all of this joy because his focus is first and foremost on the Lord, and because of that focus, he's able to have good feelings. He may not necessarily like the jail cell, but he trusts in the one who's in control of the circumstances that led him into the jail cell. And he says to the folks there, he says, I've learned to be up and I've learned to be down. Uh, I've learned to have a whole lot and I've also learned what it means to not have much. Um, I have learned the secret of contentment, no matter what state I'm in, whether up or down. Why? Because Christ doesn't change even though my circumstances change. Even though I can be all over the place, Jesus is the rock who does not roll. So lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lord, everything that comes in my life must first be filtered through your loving fingers so I can be content, which means to be satisfied. I can be at peace. I can be at rest. I can be at ease, not looking to have anything else added to my life. Why? Because I'm full with Christ. When Jesus said, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, he can't lie and he wasn't lying. Oh my God. And so Paul is saying, look, I'm so content that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. We like to quote verse 13, but leave out verse 11. The reason why he can do all things or all extremes, up, down, everything in between through Christ is because he's content with Christ. Christian, single or married, are you content with Jesus? I mean, if you know him and you know him for real, you know no one else or nothing else satisfies like the Lord. No wonder the psalmist said in Psalm 34, verse 8 Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man or the woman who trusts in him. Uh, Do I have anybody who has uh, taken the taste test where you've tasted of the Lord's goodness and you know there can't nobody do you like Jesus Christ? Oh, my God. Thank you, Jesus. Once he gets into your life and once he becomes the satisfier of your soul, You may fool with some stuff in the flesh, but it cannot bring you contentment and satisfaction the way the Lord does. Which is why we grieve the Holy Spirit when we start messing with stuff that we don't need. We quench his fire. It does not satisfy like the Lord. My God. 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 6. Same author, Brother Paul said, now godliness with contentment is great gain. And in that passage, he's even commanding rich people to not only use their money, yes, make money, but use it for the kingdom. And don't go to money looking for something in money that you can only find in God. So he says again, single or married, you must be content in your godliness to be sufficient, satisfied, at rest, at peace with the Lord. Because if you're not content with Jesus... You're gonna fool around and get married to somebody and try to find contentment in that person, and again you're gonna be let down, and y'all gonna have fights and wars because again you've made an idol out of someone, and God's a jealous God. He's gonna be like, okay, that's that's the calf you want to worship, uh, that brother, that sister, okay, all right, I'll be here uh, to help clean up the mess if you don't want to invite me in into this situation. Oh my God. Thirdly, to be single for the kingdom means you are called to serve christ it's not about you it's about jesus it's not about me it's about jesus he's the creator of all he is worthy of our worship and our praise all of us have the same purpose in life which is to honor god to glorify god to worship god we were created for him We were created to worship him, to honor him, to reverence him. That's why we're all created. That's why we're here. But we all have unique and specific assignments under the umbrella of that general mission for all of us. To worship him, to know him, to love him, and to enjoy him. But some of us are called to do all of that as doctors, as teachers, as lawyers, uh, uh, as bankers, as preachers, whatever your profession is, as mothers, as fathers, as uncles, as aunts, that I'm called to honor God, enjoy him, and worship him, but also to honor him specifically with where he's placed me and how he's gifted me so that people are looking to see what a Christian looks like in the public school system. They ought to be able to see us in those settings, representing the Lord. We're ambassadors for his sake. So we are here not to serve ourselves, not to represent ourselves, but to serve the Lord. So much so that Jesus says, if you're going to be one of my disciples, if you're going to be one of my students, one of my followers, you must take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. I get in the most trouble when I want to make myself a reputation. When the Lord then convicts me and says, my son made himself of no reputation to bear your sin on the cross. So why can't you humble yourself, make yourself of no reputation, and carry the cross, the assignment that I've given to you? And I repent daily, regularly of my carnality, my stupidity, my selfishness, my arrogance, my pride. And as the psalm writer today said, he's always there to love you, and forgive you and it's because of that kind of love that kind of mercy that kind of love make you want to do right even when you is that how green when you want to do wrong love will make you do right Mm. (laughs) it'll make you come home early anyway anyway let me get back to be single for the kingdom i'm called to serve jesus and not myself. Life goes so much better when that priority is in the right place in my life. I'm not called to serve anyone or anything above serving Jesus. Why? He gave his life for me. He's God. He's worthy of it. John 12, 26, what did Jesus say? If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my Father will honor. So as a single person, God has called you to serve him, to follow him. And as you serve him and follow him, you will naturally serve other people. And so those of us who are growing Christians are Christians who are serving Christians. Now, the Lord even said that the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So we find life when we serve others, not when we always sit back and wait for people to serve us. And so, a single people, you have gifts, talents, abilities, and God wants you to use them to serve him, to build his church, and to make his name known in the world. We need more servants in the body of Christ and less superstars. We need more servants, more servant leaders. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And next week, when I start going down 1 Corinthians 7, oh, boy. He's going to talk about how when you are single, when you are unmarried, you, not un- you are not under the leash of marriage. Oh, we're going to have fun with that next week, because everybody that gets married gets a leash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're on a leash. But when you're unmarried, you don't have that leash, which means you are free to go and serve God without having to check in with somebody else first. I know a whole lot of Christians. Who don't want to serve Jesus because they blame it on their spouse. Uh, hey, come on, let's go out into the community and serve. Let's go out and pass out backpacks. Come on, let's go on the mission field. Let's go to Haiti. Well, you know, my wife has, you know, my huck man stop lying. You know, you're using that as an excuse. But when you are unmarried and you got a good dog sitter, you're good. You can go out <laughs> and serve, man. Serve. That's how you grow. Serve. We grow when we go. 1 Corinthians 7, verse 35, Paul says, And this I say for your own profit, not that I may put a leash on you, but for what is proper, and that you may serve the Lord without distraction. So the unmarried folks ought to be the first people showing up to serve. They shouldn't be the only people but they should be some of the first people because we don't want to use them up because they're unmarried and we think they don't have nowhere to go and nothing to do. No, they got places to go and things to do. But man, we serve, we serve. God told the prophet Jeremiah not to take a wife or to have children. Jeremiah 16.1. Because God has spoken to some of our singles and he's told them, you're so content where you are, Don't take a wife. Don't take a husband. It's okay. And like I've said several weeks ago, when you see an unmarried uh, believer uh, who is a little older in age, it doesn't mean something is wrong with them. Doesn't mean that they're weird or that they're gay. No, it means that they're so joined to the Lord that they'd rather be obedient to him as opposed to just try to grab somebody to get you off their back. (laughs) And get up in a relationship that God didn't call them to get into just to try to get the social media folks to think that everything is okay with them. I've told you before that marriage is a lot like the flies on the screen door. You got flies inside the house dying to get out, you got flies outside the house on the screen door dying to get in. You got married people who wish they were single, you got single people who wish they were married, and Paul is like, can y'all just be content where you are? Oh, my Lord. Oh, thank you. Whoo, Jesus. So, Jeremiah, don't you take a wife. Don't you take children on. Why? There were death threats on the servant, Jeremiah. Jeremiah's mission required him speaking truth to power. He had an unpopular message, and he told the Jewish people to repent Because of their sins. And to accept the fact that God had raised up the Babylonians to come against them. And Jeremiah said, you can't stop what's about to happen. It would be best with you to surrender to them. It will go better with you. Instead, Zedekiah and all of the officials resisted the prophet. Locked him up and stood up against the Babylonians. And they suffered immensely. So much so that they took the eyes out of the king of Judah right after they killed his family in front of him. So the last thing he saw before they took his eyes out was the death of his family. Had he listened to the man of God? And God said to Jeremiah, don't you take a family, don't, don't get a wife, because if they treating you like this, imagine how they're going to treat your wife and your children. So for this assignment, I need you to be single. And God gives some folks that assignment for certain times, maybe for a lifetime, maybe for a season, to be single to maximize their effectiveness for the kingdom. So in conclusion, to be single for the kingdom means that a person in the unmarried state is complete in Christ, content with Christ, and called to serve Christ. Paul, our writer, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, was so complete. He was so content, and he was so called as a single person in the kingdom that he wished everybody was single just like him. Listen, listen, you ever meet them married people that want everybody to be married? They got a good marriage, okay. Uh, uh, uh. When's the last time you met a single person that is so excited about being single that they want everybody to be single like them. That's Paul. He says, for I wish that all men were even as myself. What is that, Paul? Single by choice. But each one has his own gift from God, one in this manner of being single and another in that being married. But he's so excited to be single so that he can serve Jesus with no restrictions, that he says, I wish everybody, and what he's asking for is improbable and impossible, but he still has that desire, and I'm praying that the unmarried folks I know, whether they are divorced, whether they are widowed, whether they are virgins who are older, single by choice, that you will be so excited to be married to Jesus that it is Uh, addictive, that being around you is contagious. Your joy just overflows. You're not trying to find your purpose, your identity, or your fulfillment in who is on your arm or who you have to go home to. No, you're so full, so content, so satisfied, so complete in Jesus that it just flows. And, And we support you, we cheer you, we thank God for you. So, we're erasing the stigmas that say if you're single and unmarried or divorced or widow, again, you're, you're second tier or bottom shelf believers. That kind of belief we're going to send back to hell, and we're going to lift you up and say, God bless you for the state that he has you in. Don't you apologize for it. Don't you be ashamed of it. You thank God for the state and the place that he has you in right now. Oh, God's people, stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. And I just wonder if there's just one person in here that ain't afraid to put your hands together and give Jesus some praise. Is there just one person? Come on, give him praise. Come on, give him praise. Has he done anything for anybody in here? My God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, so next week we're going to start going down 1 Corinthians 7. And we're going to have a good time talking about what it means to be single in the kingdom. And as we've seen our marriage ministry uh, uh, begin anew uh, under the leadership of Todd and Heather Green and so many others, Uh, our uh, unmarried ministry, it's also developing. It's underground right now. You're going to hear about it real soon. So we need all of our unmarried folks. Um, don't don't just think. Oh, I'm not gonna be a part of that. No, you need to be a part, of it, especially if you got a funky attitude like that. You need to be a part of it. Nah, I ain't gonna nothing like. That. We need you. We want you. This for you. <laughs> That'd be the first person calling the office. Uh, Can I speak to Pastor Chris, please? I want to know. Are you in the ministry that has unmarried people in it, getting encouragement before you call me? Anyway, all right. I'm sorry. Anyway, I'm sorry. Oh Lord, pray for your pastor. All right, <laughs> let's pray together. Lord, thank you for this day that we could come and worship you and be in your presence and be encouraged from the hearts of the psalmists in this body. Thank you, Lord, that we could speak to one another and sing to you and encourage one another today. But also, Lord, there were some weighty things that were shared as we set up the psalms, weighty things about the state of affairs in our nation today. And there may be some unmarried folks today who, hopefully, Lord, this, wa- this word is like fresh water to encourage them. But we're contemplating, and we're also thankful. Thank you, Spirit of the living God, that you can help us sort out our thoughts, our emotions, and we can just come to you as we are. Thank you, Lord, that you love to put broken people back together again. Thank you, Lord, that you love to heal sick people. And we admit to you, Lord, our sicknesses. You love to give sight to blind people. We confess our blindness and our ineptness. Jesus, be our everything. Be our Messiah, our deliverer, our Lord, our Savior, our God, our King, our everything. And as you turn our life around, And our light begins to shine. We're going to be so quick to deflect all the honor, all the praise, all the credit to you and not to ourselves. Because this treasure of the Holy Spirit you've given us is still in jars of clay. And we're broken, but we're still usable because that's the kind of God you are. So we release and re relinquish the things we hold tightly and the things that we look to more than you we repent afresh we say Lord have mercy on us and help us and thank you Lord that the same spirit that raised your son up from the dead is alive in your people and if there's someone here today and you don't know the Lord there's a vacuum in your heart you you don't know if you would go to heaven today if Some unforeseen act of evil occurred at the Walmart in your community. You don't know where you would go. The good news is that today can be the day of salvation. The Bible says that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved for whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And if you've never been saved, now is the time from your heart to God's heart and say, Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Church can't save you. Religion can't save you. Good works cannot save you. Trying to be a good person Only Jesus can save because he paid for the penalty of your sins. Trust him today. Trust him today. And If there's anybody here that did that, I I just want you, before you leave today, just come up and shake my hand and say, Pastor, I asked Jesus to be my Savior today. Just come shake my hand and say, Pastor, I asked him to be my Savior today. Oh, boy. Because angels are rejoicing in heaven. And I might just do a backflip, okay? If today was your day, come shake my hand and say, Pastor, I asked Jesus into my life today. <laughs> and if you need a church home, come on. Come on, be a part of this family. We're not perfect, but we know the perfect one. You need a family. And if not this one, you need to find one soon. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all. That we could ever ask or imagine to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory, majesty, dominion, and power both now and forevermore, and all of God's people said, amen, amen. amen. Put a holy kiss on somebody. Make it holy now, make it holy, make it holy. Go get your kids. Go get your children.